we are starting this series that I said uh, connected and um, uh, we are going to have saving at home and saving at work and saving at church. So we will look at those uh, three areas on how we can be of service in these three environments. And um, so today we are going to do saving at home and uh, the subtitle is do this at home. <laughs> you know, when, when you're watching WWE, they say don't, don't do this at home. But we, we are not WWE. We come from the opposite direction. <laughs> so do this at home. And then uh, on the 19th, we are going to do, do this at work. And then that other Sunday is going to be the 26th. We are going to do, do this at church. Yes, do this at church. You know, so this morning, let's do this at home. Now, <coughs> excuse me. I have a few pictures. I have two pictures that I want to show you this morning. Uh, they tell a story. So the two pictures tell a story. If you look at the story on the, on the left, uh, which is my right, is uh, people that save themselves. And uh, when you look at uh, on the right, is um, people that are saving each other. Now, there's a story that is told that there was uh, this guy that had a dream. So he dreamt that he had gone into a place called hell. And um, when he went into a place called hell, he discovered that people were frustrated, people were angry, People were really, really, really uh, in bad shape. They were sick and all kinds of things were happening to people. But what he discovered was that there was everything. So there was food, there was clothes, there was everything that they needed. But these people were really, really miserable. And one of the things that he discovered was that these people on the table it was like array, arrayed with uh, all kinds of nice uh, steaks, you know, bananas, oranges, uh, pork belly, everything that you could eat. But people were sickly and they were dying of hunger. And then he realized, you know, when he looked at the, how they were seated, he discovered that the reason why they were dying of hunger is that the spoons that they were supposed to feed with were too long. You, you notice in the picture, the spoons are the spoons are too long. So because these guys were selfish, each one of them wanted to get as much as they can get from the table and feed themselves as much as they can feed. But the spoon, when you know the spoon is too long, you know, when you get, instead of it coming to your mouth, you know, it goes the other side. 
And so you end up, you know, the food not getting into your mouth. And that's why you can see. Look at this guy at the bottom here. Ah, Shay. <laughs> he's really trying to eat, but he's frustrated because the food can't get into. Then he went, he, God took him into another space. The same thing was happening. But these people didn't care so much about feeding themselves. They realized these spoons are long. So chances are when I feed that one, that guy may also feed me, you know? And uh, they started to do those things. And then when you, you can see there is husband and wife, they're not even feeding each other. They're also just, this one is feeding the other guy and that one is feeding the other guy. And you can see they're all healthy and uh, they're happy and they're looking good. But uh, these guys here, because of their selfish, you know, uh, intentions and selfish motive and selfishness, they were really in very bad shape. Now, this is the story that is going on in a lot of these environments that we are going to look at, you know, homes and uh, uh, church and uh, work. You know, when we don't save each other, always remember that picture. If you are one of those people that is in that picture, I would really encourage you this morning to really think very, very carefully if you want to be like that. Because remember that uh, it's not only the other guy who will die, but you as well will die. Because saving doesn't only save you, it also saves doesn't only save the person that you are serving, but it also saves you, the person that is serving. Because that is why you can see this picture is different from the other picture. So, here at 20 Central, you know, we would want to encourage you that you are in the picture on your right. You need to save, you know. And uh, so, to many people, the word saving especially because of the pop culture, the popular culture, the word saving is an inferior word. You know? The word saving is an inferior word. When you, need, when you say save, it actually induces negative images in a lot of people and sometimes even negative feelings. You know? Because saving... Is, is something that a lot of people think is of an inferior nature. Because uh, we, most of the times, associate it with uh, things like slavery or being a servant in somebody's house and all those things. But when you look at the Bible, saving is encouraged a lot in the Bible. And that is why you know it is worth investigating what is saving? Is it that we have probably, you know, uh, changed the meaning of the word and we are taking something that is not saving to mean saving and the original idea that is uh, portrayed in the Bible is not 
the actual thing that we call saving. So instead of looking at it, you know, from what our, you know, erroneous views have made it to be, it would be good for us if we can look at it from a biblical point of view. Because the Bible all the time gives us answers for us to understand, especially the original design or the original intention or concept of something that God has placed in the Bible. So when, when you look at the word save, if I tell my wife to save me, most of the times, especially with all these uh, women liberation movements, you know, it would look like, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a wrong thing. And me saving my wife, it also looks like it's something very, very unheard of, isn't it? But I, I will show you this morning that actually the reason why we are in such bad shape as a humanity is because we have stopped saving. That's why we are in this state. It's because we have done what? We have stopped saving and everybody is just after, you know, what I can get. You know, um, you know those relationships, you know, where when, when somebody calls you, you know. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you, you know those relationships, isn't it? They can't just call you to say, hey, how are you? How are the children? You know, how is your wife doing? You know, uh, are the kids happy and stuff like that? The moment they call you, you already start to see the bank balance is going to be a little bit affected here now. Be because it's, it's just about getting and getting and getting and getting. There is no saving. Now, the original uh, concept or the original word that the Bible uses when we are talking about saving is called avoda. Now, the word avoda um, is, is a Hebrew word. And like I have said, I, I don't usually like to use these big words. But sometimes it's very difficult to explain something in English because the Bible was not written in English. You see, now, the word avoda is the word that the Bible uses when it is talking about saving, when it is talking about ministering, when it is talking about worshipping, and guess what? It is also the same word that the Bible uses when it is talking about work. So, work, worship, ministering, serving, in the Bible, it's not these four or five words. It's only one word called avoda. When somebody goes out to worship God, it's avoda. When somebody is ministering to another person, it's avoda. When somebody is working, it's avoda. It's one word. And the reason is very simple. It's because in every one of these uh, situations, what is happening is that there is one person saving another. When you are ministering, you are saving another person. When you are worshipping, you are saving another person. When you are working, you are saving another person. Now, the symbolism of avoda is when somebody is tying a friend's shoes. <coughs> Excuse me. 
excuse me, how many of us are able to tie a friend's shoes? You know, because of our selfishness, even this has changed. Do you know what we do? Just put your leg up here. We tie your shoes. You see what I mean? That's what we do. But you know, you, you know the, original in, the original symbol of tying somebody's shoes, what is the original symbol? You do what? You stoop down or you squat. So what does that mean? It is a posture of humility. Every time you are saving someone, you are in a posture of humility. Now, because humility is scorned at these days, humility is looked at as something weak. A lot of people don't like to save. But saving always comes from a place of humility. It doesn't come from a place of uh, exhorting yourself. Look, when you look at those pictures, when you, 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 you give, you, you take from the pot and you give it to the other person, what you are doing is that you are doing something that is coming out of humility. And you know what? This word avoda, if we can get it's the, the very essence of the word. I will tell you that is the very essence why God wants us here on earth. Did you hear what I said? The, the very reason why you exist is because God wants us as human beings to do what? To enjoy saving one another in any environment. So think about any environment. So me and my wife on Saturday and uh, three of our friends, uh, we went out to uh, one of the guys' houses and then we sat down. So the ladies were also in the house doing their stuff. Me and the other four guys as well, three guys, we were outside chatting. And so we started to chat and we started to talk. And as we were talking, somebody asked a very, very pertinent question. He said, but, but what, what do you think life is all about? And I was very, very, uh, it didn't take me a few seconds to, to uh, answer. I said it's about relationships. Just think for a moment. Just think for a moment. If everything that, like somebody would say, like, like if you were given uh, Elon Musk's money today, they give you Elon Musk's money today, 200 billion and they offloaded you on an island that has every amusement that you can get, but there are no people. What would you think? 
how would it go? It would be the most boring place. But I can tell you, myself, a couple of, I think about two months ago, I sat in a village next to my mother. No electricity, no running water, no wife. There, there was Wi-Fi. <laughs> Luckily, there is Wi-Fi. But, but there isn't a lot. You, you, know, you know, when I sat there with my mother and my, my, my young sister and her children, and then my, my elder brother, one time we sat, the only light was the fire in the middle. But the feeling. And sometimes I sit in a five-star hotel and I want to get out as soon as possible because of what I am feeling. There is no avoda. There is no avoda. So my mother killed a goat for me. So when she killed a goat for me, she, she made a... She made, she made a some kind of uh, something on the side of the fire and she put the goat, you know, on the fire. And then couldn't finish the whole goat, so she packed the goat. <laughs> you know, I am an old man now, I'm not a boy, you know, but my mother put this, my mother put this goat and say, you, 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 you should be eating along the way. So, in the bus, you know, I was eating goat. I didn't finish the goat meat. So I took that goat, and then she says to me, she knows one of my friends in Zambia, his name is Alex. She says, you go and give Alex uh, this one. So she makes another one, and she gives me to go and give Alex. So I get to Lusaka, and I give Alex. Alex has been to every continent, like literally, like literally, every continent. And he has been to some of the most, most. Alex tells me sometimes when he goes for a meeting, some of the people come in their own planes to the meeting, any part of the world. He ate my mother's goat. He called me. He says, how did your mother dry that goat? I said, what do, you, what do you mean? He said, I've never eaten a goat like that. I said, she dried it with love. There was a lot of avoda that goes into that. There was a lot of, you, you know when you save someone, you can save someone and give them coffee to drink, isn't it? And they can feel the coffee. But you can also save someone, just have coffee. Just throw the coffee on the table or throw the coffee, you know? And they, they would also feel that this coffee has love 
or he doesn't have love. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm talking about this morning is very deep. There are few things that you can get fulfillment from in this life that can beat the deepest meaning of avoda when people serve out of humility and out of love and they realize that this is actually the very reason why God put me here on earth. I, I feel the same way myself when, when, when I do something for a friend or when I do something for my children. I do something for my wife. There's something that comes out of you that just makes you feel this is just a good place to come from. Amen? Now, I am just introducing Avoda because all these things happen in these three environments. They happen at home. They happen at church. They happen at work in our uh, societies. Now, let's not get carried away. The very first thing that I want to warn you about this is that it is not easy to save. That is why it does not happen automatically. And you know what? God knows that. That is why he doesn't say it will come automatically. What does he say? He gives us a commandment to save. He tells us to save. Now, it is not something that just comes easy. <coughs> Excuse me. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. You see the biggest problem why we don't save? Because we want to hold on to the reputation. Why must I stoop to tie somebody's shoes? I am going down. We want, our rep we want to uphold our reputation. Why must I do this? The whole me making coffee for you. Who do you think you are? Jesus was God and the Bible says he became man even if he knew. I am God. How low do you get? Taking the form of a bond servant. That's humility. And coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he did what? He exalted himself, isn't it? No. The Bible says he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross, the most humiliating death. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are God, 
and you become man and go through all the painful things that a human being goes through just because you want to serve. That is humility. And you know what the Bible says? Let this mind. Actually, the right word is not mind. The right word is attitude. Let this attitude be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, you, you know sometimes when we, when we are given, in, when we are put in a position where we are supposed to save, it becomes very, very difficult to save when you are trying to hold on to what you think you are. When you think you are God, saving a human being becomes very hard, isn't it? But when you relinquish that reputation, when you relinquish your, your natural uh, position and you say, you know what, I am just going to save, you know, then it becomes very, very easy because it is coming out of a place where you relinquish something. Saving makes you relinquish something. You know, you, you will not save if you are looking for that nice, good feeling. And most of the times, saving puts you in a very difficult position because you will never feel like saving at any time in your life. Because it goes against what is inside you. That thing called the ego is going to fight you to the death because it doesn't want you to do what? To save. But remember, every time there is an opportunity to save, you will only save better if you save from the same attitude that Jesus had, the attitude of humility, where you relinquish. You know, I, I, I have seen... Uh, uh, Situations that have gone very, very bad because the two people or the four or the group of people that were in that situation, all of them wanted to hold on to their reputations and nobody wanted to save. The second thing is that uh, saving, there is always a reward when you save, but the reward is not the reason. And that's where we miss it because we think that uh, when we save, it ends there. The problem is that the devil fights us to save because of where it leads. There's a lot of healing that takes place when people save. There's a lot of joy that takes place when people save. There's a lot of happiness that goes on when people save out of, uh, out of humility. When you save... You should not expect a reward, but I can tell you there is going to be a reward. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 to 7, it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. For what? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of us for the profit of all. So when we save, 
profits us. It creates things that are better for all of us. It is good for all of us when we serve. So when you serve, even if the reward is not something that you are looking for, I can assure you, in one way or the other, you are going to get the reward of your saving. Because the Bible says when Jesus relinquished his reputation and took on the, the, the posture of a human being, the Bible says then God exalted him above everyone else. So while he stooped down, God removed him from there. And God also says that he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And he says that the formula for going up there is first going. And the reason why we have so many problems in our relationships these days, marriages, relationships amongst our colleagues at work, relationships in, in, in uh, 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 families, extension families and all these things, it's because we have forgotten the avoider part of our lives. We would rather be up there. I, 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 this is true. But I, I was in Zambia one time visiting very dignified guy holding a very senior position at his place of work. And I was in his house. And, he, and, and, and uh, me and him were about to go out. <laughs> and he, he comes out of the bedroom and he asks his wife in front of me, he says, baby, where is my shirt? And he describes the shirt. The wife in front of me she told him, do you know where the wardrobe is? <laughs> I think the reason why there is so much pain is because if I was that wife and I would want to avoid her, I would go down. So I go to the wardrobe. And said, you should look nicely. Here it is. Simple. But you see, can you, can you imagine the embarrassment? Do you know where it is? Don't you know where the wardrobe is? Hmm. He says, I know. I know. You know? You, you can't do stuff like that. It doesn't matter how much you think you are up there. It doesn't work that way. We need, us as children of God, we need to have humble hearts. Humility is such an important trait in our lives as human beings that it, it the Bible says, when you humble yourself, God is going to lift you up. In one way or the other, God is going to find a way of lift you up from tying that shoe. And he will make you straight. But when you are pushing yourself to be straight, 
He will force you to tie that shoe. That's how it works. And that's how, you know, a lot of people have lost jobs. A lot of people have lost uh, great relationships and good friends. Why? They, some people have lost churches. We will talk about that as well. You know why? Because lack of humility. When you don't... Now, humility is good because when you save, you are not looking for the reward. And when you get a reward, the reward does not go to your head. And when, when, you get a, when you don't get a reward, you don't get bitter. You see, that is the beauty about humility. Now, when we come to our story of survival, as we looked at uh, in that story, us as a species, our survival really is dependent on what? On the, how good we save each other how well we serve each other. Why? Because every one of us, when you look at that scripture, the Bible says God has put gifts in us, but it is for the good of all. So here is how it works. It's almost like God knew that I must, I must uh, zap these guys. <coughs> I will give you something that everybody needs except you. And then, because of selfishness, you will keep it away from people and disadvantage everybody. And so everybody keeps their stuff, so all of us starve. Or we can give it away, and you give it away, and then it is good for all of us. You see how it means? When you look at uh, Genesis chapter 49, Genesis chapter 49 is a story of a guy called Jacob and he's about to die. And when he's about to die, what does he do? He calls all his children. And when he calls all his children, what does he do? The Bible says he blesses them, isn't it? Does he bless them with the same blessing? Why doesn't he bless them with the same blessing? The reason is very simple. So that they can depend on each other. The, we need to know that the reason why we are not all gifted the same way is not because God wants to make me feel that I'm a great man. The reason why I am different from you is not because I am better. It's because I have something that you don't have and you have something that I don't have and the two of us, we have everything that we need. If, if, if we think that way, we are not going to be selfish because the time your friend needs saving, you don't need it. And the time that they will need saving, you will, need, you will not need it yourself. And that is how life is. Our very survival is dependent on us saving one another. Now, 
Today we are going to zero in on family and I'm going to close. A family's survival is dependent on how the members in the family serve each other. Father, mother, husband, wife, children, all of us serving one another. That is how that family is going to survive. The survival of a marriage is dependent on how husband and wife serve each other. If we don't serve each other, we will kill. We will kill the family. We will kill the relationship. We will kill the marriage. In, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as the Lord, as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife also. Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to, the, to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Now, the relationship between married people can be very rewarding when both husband and wife understand avoda. When serving each other out of humility becomes the culture of the marriage, something beautiful is going to happen. Instead of looking for the reward that is going to come out of serving, they look for opportunities to serve the other person according to the scripture that we just read in, the, in Ephesians. Now, let me connect it to the children and then I'll bundle it together because this is a family affair. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 4, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children with wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. <laughs> this, this thing messed me up a little bit because I didn't know it. I have studied the Bible for a very long time. I have read a lot of commentaries and everything. And when I was preparing this, then it hit me that um, the order in a family that there is husband and there is wife and that the children are going to be a part of this uh, life and everything and, and God says wife submit to your husband and husband love your wife and uh, then it says <coughs> uh, children obey your fathers I mean obey your parents so that it can go well with you and that you are going to live longer now a lot of us think about that in mystical terms we feel 
that they're living longer and the things going well with us is a miraculous thing that is going to happen. No, it happens in the practical application of the order in the house. How many of us remember when there was a naughty boy in the community, the first question that people asked when they catch him doing something? Speak up, my sister. Whose child is this? Do you know why? Because they assumed that if a child comes out of a house where that order is not messed up, they are going to become very reasonable citizens of society. And what happens to citizens of society that are together? Things go well for them and they live long. You can, you can tell me that cousin of yours that is very, very... Where is he today? Kosim Ampuru. Tell me whether there's a chance of him dying early. Yes. So premature death, while many times we can talk about the devil, sometimes it's not because of that. It's because of what is happening within when people are being brought up. Because a family is a training ground for what is going to happen in society one day. When things don't work well within this environment where you are being trained, there where you are going, you are going to be beaten and that stuff is going to kill you. When life within the family does not represent what is supposed to be out there, then there's going to be a problem. Now, then I realize that is why while husband and wife in the presence of the Lord, there is no superior and inferior. In a marriage relationship, God has deliberately put one to lead, the other one to submit. Do you know why? Because that is how society is structured and people that don't see that structure they become very unruly in society and society takes care of them and incarcerates them you can do your own research and you must come to me and you must come and tell me someone did research and they went into all societies that are very, very, very prosperous. They discovered one of the things that is very prominent in all of those societies is that the marriage unit was very strong. And families are very, very strong. Then they went and they checked out all multi-billionaires and multi-millionaires. They did a large sample 
of people that have a lot of money, they discovered that very few people don't believe in marriage. Very few of those people don't believe in family. Why? Because that is how God has set it up. If within a marriage, within a family, within a clan and everything, there is no avoda in there, we are churning out people from those environments into society that are not, things are not going to go well for them and they will also cause things not to go well in society. That is why you ask my sister, whose child is this? Whose child is this? My, my, my wife was, had put on the Mwale, on the Mwale family, she put uh, uh, a message that came from our daughter's um, principal. So the, the principal of our daughter sent, sent a very, very nice message to us about our daughter. Do you know what it does to a father like that? It makes you feel very good, isn't it? But what, what would happen? when it's a wrong message. That is why you'd find that no matter how bad a child is, the mother will always defend them. Do you know why? Because she always wants the child to get things to get better in their life. But it always happens when we, we save. Now, <coughs> let me finish with this. What goes on in the family will soon be a reflection of what goes on in our societies. Husband and wife, children and parents and children with their siblings and everything is a mirror of our societies. If we are going to save each other well, if we are going to Avoda, bring Avoda as the, the, the culture of our families, the culture of our relationships, and the culture of our marriages, we will reap benefits. Ephesians 6.3 says that it may be well with you and you may live longer on earth. That comes out of a family. It comes out of a family environment. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So it means that if we serve each other, we will all benefit. We will all benefit. Philippians 2, 5 says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. When you humbly save, you are going to be lifted up. So let us stand this morning because saving will make things go well with you. Saving is going to bring health to our societies, to our workplaces, our marriages, our relationships, and saving can easily bring promotion in your life. So, what I want to do this morning 
is that I want to leave a challenge with all of us in this church. What is the date today? Today is the 5th. By the 5th of July, we are going to get the results. But what I want us to do this morning, I want us to do something very, very practical. I want us to apply what we were discussing this morning. I don't want us to just know that saving is good. I already say that it is not easy, but it is something necessary. It doesn't come naturally, but it is something that we need to do. So this is what we are going to do, ladies and gentlemen. All of us here at Twana Central, for the next one month, every single day, in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, you need to plan to do three acts of saving in your family. We will also do the same for work and for church and everything, but now we are going to start with the family. So you will plan what you are going to do and you will record it. You will record the actions and the people that you are going to do it. So I will use an example of G. When G wakes up in the morning, before you brush your teeth, my man, you sit on your bed and you will say, today, I will make coffee for Zoro without her asking for it. And I will take it to her. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? I will take when Prince and Victoria finishes eating, I will tell them to sit down. I will take their plates and put them in the sink. And I will be the one to do the dishes today. Three acts of service every single day. That's the prescription for one month. So every day, I want you now, when you are going back to sleep, I want you to observe how you will feel about yourself at the end of the day. And I want you to record what you will feel. And then every single day, I want you as well, as you are going through the whole month, I want you to pay particular attention to what is going to start happening in your own life. Let us see if we can prove God wrong. If after one month we don't see things changing and things happening, I will come and apologize for lying to you. Let us see. If you're going to do this and you're going to come and prove to me every single day for one month, I intentionally did three things. Here I planned them and here I recorded them and nothing happened to me. I never felt anything inside me. 
then I am going to come and say, you know what? I think then I think uh, we we took it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we kind of like uh, got carried away. But on the fifth of July, let us see what is going to happen. And I will give a time for people to come. If there's going to be somebody who is going to have something spectacular that God is going to do, I will give you five minutes. I want you to come and tell us here. Some of you, you will even get sick. That sickness that you have, it's because of a lot of negative stuff that is stuffed inside yourself. The arthritis that you are feeling is the chemicals that are in your body 24-7 because of a lot of garbage that goes inside your mind. A lot of pain. And some of us, you know, some of the relationships that are really breaking, it's because of the same. We need, we need to do this and let's see what is going to happen. And sometimes, do something that you really hate. That you really, really hate. When you do it, it really makes your reputation like you feel like a nobody. That's what I want you to go one day and start doing that. It makes you really feel like I'm not that I go and do that. Let's see what is going to happen. Do you mind if we can pray together this morning? Father God, thank you so much uh, for your goodness and thank you so much for your mercy. Thank you for all of us that are here this morning to listen to your word. It's my prayer that as we embark on this journey of service, as this avoid the journey, that Lord, you will show us that our environments, our families, our marriages, our bodies and everything, dear Lord, is going to take the picture that we showed. A healthy picture of people that are happy, people that are having great fun. So we thank you today. We bless you today. We honor you today and we commit and dedicate our journey into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Yes, thank you so much.